The Twins took two of three from the Guardians, outscoring them 29 to 10 in the process. Now they'll focus their efforts on the Mets and finishing off this division crown. The magic number is 16. This is Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube and part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, if you want to feel free to be active in the comments on YouTube, we would love to have you. Make sure you click like and subscribe and all that fun stuff. As well, and if you have questions that you would like answered on the show, just hit me up on Twitter at Locked On Twins or at Brandon underscore Warren, and the DMs are open now. Two after games, we will have a post game minute where we will break down the game as quickly as possible, and then leave you with a statistical nugget you won't hear anywhere else. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com/slash Locked On MLB or enter promo code Locked On MLB and get a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Twins opening a series with the Mets at Target Field on Friday. It's a 7.10 p.m. first pitch. It's Dallas Keuchel against Kodai Senga. Got a lot of fun stuff to break down with Senga on the third segment here. But you can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Now, we are into the news du jour. That's how we're going to do most segments, uh, most first segments of shows, unless it's right after a game, then we'll kind of mix things around. But um, the news du jour and how it relates to your Minnesota Twins. And the reason the magic number is 16 is because the Guardians were walked off in Anaheim last night. Angels win 3-2. And if it wasn't enough, Randall Gritchuk, the one player who was not claimed by the guardians on waivers technically there were others but hear me out um does the damage and uh you know it was off emmanuel class a walk-off fashion uh trey cabbage grounds out to short that's a former twins prospect but then chad wallach doubled brett phillips singled uh kyron paris singled and ultimately at the end it gets to randall gritchuk singling to center driving home Kyron Paris to win the game. Gritchuk finding out, or at least all of us finding out, he's on waivers again earlier in the day. So uh, quite a run of emotions for Gritchuk there. But Twins, like I said, magic number down to 16 as the Guardians are walked off in Anaheim. Um, playoff odds right now, I want to pull those up because um, – because even when the Twins don't play, it certainly obviously affects their, their postseason odds. And so as of end of business yesterday, Twins off, but uh, 98.3% to win the division. So again, feeling pretty good, 1.6% for the Guardians and 0.1% for the Tigers. So basically Tigers out nine games back, six and a half for the Guards coming into play 
And um, yeah, so much for the Angels being a pushover because uh, just wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, in other words, Twins doing exactly what they uh, or Guardians doing exactly what the Twins needed them to do. Um, so just a slight nudge in their playoff odds, but um, currently standing at ninety. I keep trying to do the date, and it's skipping on me. Ninety-eight point three percent. So Twins are going to be looking to take care of business. Everything in front of them, they'll face the Mets here. Uh, old friend Zach Littell pitched eight innings against the Mariners last night. Did not factor in, or uh, did not get the win. Actually, the Mariners uh, or the the Rays lost one zero to the Mariners. But um, eight innings for Littell. Uh, really interesting to see how he's turned himself around as a mid rotation starter for a, a Rays team desperately in need of pitching with literally everyone getting hurt. Um, not a lot of swings and misses for Littell, uh, 86 pitches, seven swinging strikes, but he's getting grounders. He's mixing and matching. And it, maybe even more importantly, it's uh, incredible except, exceptional command. So to, uh, to keep an eye on Zach Littell, uh, I'll be curious to see what kind of role he fills moving forward for the Rays. Um, Adolis Garcia headed to the injured list with um, – he was making a leaping catch attempt at uh, at the right field fence against the Astros. And uh, so he's dealing with a little bit of discomfort in his right knee. Um, he hit the walk-off homer against the Twins to end that series um, – Twins lost one game in the Rangers series, one game in the Rays series. But uh, right knee patellar tendon strain um, it does not appear to be as serious as it maybe first appeared. But uh, with Texas reeling, this is not this is not great. The playoff odds in the AL West right now, um, Rangers 47.3% to make the playoffs. Mariners 88.7%. Astros 98.0. So basically Rangers fighting off the Blue Jays and to some extent the Red Sox for that final spot in the postseason. But Texas uh, reeling and certainly the Twins played a factor in that. Um, Twins have the Mets coming to town. And the reason that this might be intriguing is let's look back to Wednesday. Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander met for the first time in their careers. Pretty amazing considering how long they've pitched. Um, though with that said, you know, there was obviously some overlap in Detroit and that sort of thing. The reason, though, why this is, should be intriguing to Twins fans is because both of those guys were traded away from the Mets. So odds are that if things had been different, the Twins would be facing one or both of these guys mo more likely than not in this series. Um, you know, and then things are different if the Mets are good then it's uh you know it's a tougher matchup for the twins guardians have a little more maybe hope in in that instance but again six and a half out it's um not looking good for your gardens but yeah sure scherzer verlander on wednesday uh verlander got the upper hand scherzer gives up three home runs just in general wasn't uh wasn't good uh mariners headman jerry depoto said jared kelnick is due back very very soon he's on a rehab and he's absolutely crushing it he was hurt against the Twins, uh, kicked a cooler, <laughs> with, which is, is already bad enough, but he kicked it after he struck out when uh, Juan Duran whiffed him. I mean, 
John Duran strikes out everybody. So, or at least he did then. I mean, it was back in July, uh, July 20th. But um, Mariners getting him at a good time as they're starting to kind of ramp up their run. They are 88.4% to make the playoffs, 34.1% to win the division. Though they're only a half game back of the Astros. So that'll be a situation to watch. Um, Nationals and Steven Strasburg, not really a twins angle here, but just kind of wild that uh, it sounds as though Strasburg is going to retire and they're going to retire his number and have this whole, um, you know, kind of to do about the end of his career and all that fun stuff. So anyway, there was a, a supposed to be a press conference slated for Saturday that has now been scuttled and um, they're negotiating the financial terms of an injury related retirement. And it sounds as though deferred money is the issue. He signed a seven year, $245 million deal and has barely pitched since he's 35 and still as, as it sounds is for sure going to retire just due to nerve damage um, in his right arm. But this runaround is, I mean, it's hard to spin it in a way that looks good for the nationals. You paid the man, you offered to pay the man, you knew the risk when you paid the man. Um, so now are they trying to get out of the paying man, paying the man? I don't know the exact answers, but in the sense that um, the nationals put the, the retirement ceremony on hold, it really makes you wonder. So um, also too, not really sure why they couldn't have done a ceremony and then done the negotiating after. I'm not I'm not really sure why. So again, Nationals not exactly covering themselves in glory after the Angels having a very similar situation as well. Playoffs, if they started today, Twins would be the number three seed and hosting the number six Toronto Blue Jays in a best of three. Um, pretty much lock into that number three spot. Whoever were to win that series would get the Astros as things stand. Um Orioles locked into the one, which would be a Mariners raise for five series or five, four series. Uh, you'd have Diamondbacks Brewers out in the NL uh, Cubs Phillies, and then the Braves and Dodgers getting buys um, twins. Blue Jays, I think would be a lot of fun. Blue Jays are a quirky, interesting, fun baseball team that does uh, a lot of different things well, but certainly has run into bumps. Uh, Jose Brios last year, Alec Manoa this year. Um, yeah, I think that would be a really, really fun series to see. But uh, right now, Twins, again, 98.3%, a projection of 85 and 77 on fan graphs and winning the division by eight games. So pretty much right where they're at and where they've been over the course of the season. We got to talk to you about our friends at Bird Dogs. Now, if you are looking for a comfortable pair of shorts or slacks. I call them slacks because I'm an old man. This is the place you got to go. They make stretch khaki shorts and pants that look and fit thimmer through your thighs and legs. So again, you may be used to that kind of bull, uh, baggy look in those areas. This makes it look like a well-tailored pair of pants or shorts. It's basically Lululemon, but better. And um, they fit better because there's no stiff, restricting cotton like you get in your other pairs of shorts. You can wear them anywhere. You want to go golfing, go to church, go to your kid's soccer game. Whatever you want to do, bird dogs are perfect. I wore them to the water park last weekend on Labor Day, and it was perfect. Couldn't have been better. Million degrees outside. 
and I didn't get any sweat on me because I had my bird dogs on and they have anti-sweat wick, stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. So if you want what I just described, go to birddogs.com slash locked on twins or enter promo code locked on twins at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on twins for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, we're coming down the stretch here. We're headed into the bullpen. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on Locked On Twins. If you're an everyday or check back a little bit later Friday, we're going to have the Twins checklist for what they need to accomplish for the rest of the season. Twins will start that checklist facing the Mets on Friday at Target Field 7-10 first pitch. Dallas Keuchel on the bump against Kodai Senga. Again, we have lots of information on Senga. For a brief bit there, it looked like the pitching matchup was going to be Kenta Maeda against Kodai Senga, which would have been um, obviously very entertaining. But this this should still be good. Uh, we'll see what Dallas Keuchel has <laughs> when he come, when it comes to facing big right-handed hitters like Pete Alonso, uh, who's who's absolutely crushing it right now. So uh, if you want to catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny with SiriusXM, you can just go to the SiriusXM app and search Twins. All right, so... We're going to take a little bit quick look here, a little bit of a quick look here, easy for me to say, uh, back on the Guardians series, which more or less was, I think, um, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to call it a funeral dirge for the Guardians, but it was, uh, you know, I, I think the Twins put together an emphatic enough of a, a whumping on the guardians in game one that kind of showed they were uh, showed that they were for, for real, like they were going to take this thing. I mean, certainly it would have been nice to sweep. Um, and that, that third game was kind of a, a yawner, but a, a snoozer, but um, 20 to six, I mean, the twins now part of it is, and I understood, but didn't like the move at the time. And I haven't really changed course. Um, Terry Francona, who apparently, appears to be likely to retire at the end of the season, pitched David Fry for four innings. Let him give up 10 hits, seven earned runs, um, and give up three home runs, 64 pitches for a guy who's a position player. Um, you know, not typically what you would expect, but Guardians came in with a taxed bullpen. Uh, it was very evident quickly that they were not going to be in the mix to win this one. And actually, Fry in four innings allowed fewer earned runs than starter Lucas Giolito making his Guardians debut did in three. He allowed nine earned, um, but both allowed three home runs. Twins pop six home runs on the night. You got Polanco, Correa, Gallo, Farmer, Lewis, and then Matt Walner for good measure with an absolute blast off Fry. Uh, Farmers was off Fry. And Joey Gallo um, breaking out of like what felt like an 0 for 70 slump with a homer as well. Um, in general, though, just an incredible, incredible offensive game for the Twins. Um, 20 hits, 20 runs, um, six walks, only four strikeouts. And again, part of that is that they jumped all over Giolito, and part of it was um, David Fry not going to strike anybody out either. Although Willie Castro came in and threw slop. For his inning. Otherwise, this was more or less a 20 to 3 
beat down. Um, you could go 13-3 if you want to take away the runs. The Twins scored off Fry. If, uh, if you want to take away Castro and Fry's pitching, Twins 13-3, and that's kind of what the game felt like. Um, game two, a uh, lot more hotly contested. Twins dealing with Tanner Bybee. And you, you really have to, I think, like what Bybee brings to the table. As a young pitcher, you know, five walks, only four hits. Uh, I felt like the Twins kind of had him on the rocks all game long, but couldn't come through until um, Donnie Solani with a big triple off Trevor Steffen. But, boy, did uh, did Tito let Steffen sit out there to rot. Um, five earned in two-thirds of an inning, 31 pitches. That just, uh, that just does not happen that often anymore. But, again, even with David Fry used the night before, it wasn't as though the bullpen was in pristine shape. Um, in fact, it might have made more sense for Tito to go to Fry earlier and not burn up um, De Los Santos and uh, and Sam Hentges like he did in game one. But nevertheless, um, Stefan gets just throttled. Miles Straw makes an ill-advised attempt to corral the Donovan Solano hit that turns into a triple. I mean, I guess by definition, he didn't touch it, so it's a triple but it felt kind of flimsy. Uh, but legendary Guardians broadcaster Tom Hamilton said, well, that will be it for this game. And honestly, um, truer words rarely spoken as uh, Caleb Thielbar and Emilio Pagan combined to shut them down for the final two innings. So uh, at this point, Twins up seven in the division, feeling pretty good about themselves. But the finale uh, is kind of a 2-1 snoozer. Um, the rain delay... Uh, hour and six minutes, both pitchers come back out, but Joe Ryan's pitch count kind of dogged him all day. He had 89 through four innings. Add into that almost a 70-minute rain delay, and it's not surprising he didn't go back out there for the fifth. Louis Varland, though, I thought looked really great. Um, mixing and matching, he, he, he's, he's going to have the command to be, uh, I think, a factor in the, in the late innings. Um, as soon as, I mean, literally, if the if the Twins wanted to throw him into a 5-4 game late tonight, for instance, against the Mets, I uh, you know, 7th, 8th inning, I would have no problem with that. I'd be curious to see, too, if he, um, if he worked multiple innings or if he'd get pared down to that shorter stint. Because at some point, the Twins are going to want to get a feel for... Um, you know, what role they want him to fill in the postseason. Now, with that said, some teams go with a starter for four, a, a guy like Barlin for two or three, and then line up their guys. So I, I maybe it's not coincidental that Varlin threw multiple innings. Um, as far as stuff, uh, he touched 98-9. He averaged 96-2 with his four-seam fastball. That was up 1.2 miles per hour on his season-long average. Now, again, that average was... Uh, compiled as a starter. So it's not apples to apples necessarily, but uh, change up up to 2.3 miles per hour to 88 slider up to 85.6, which is almost two miles per hour up. And then the cutter 90.5 up one and a half. So all of his pitches were up at least one mile per hour, uh, which bodes well. Um, and again, the more he has, um, you know, maybe clarity on this role, the more likely it is he'll be able to, uh, you know, figure out what his sweet spot is. Because, I mean, if he maxes out at 98.9 and throws one inning, that average may suddenly bump up from 96.2 to 97.2 or 
two, something like that. So um, the Twins will have to weigh if they want that velo in short bursts or if he's going to be a two, three inning guy, um, both of which have lots of value at this point in the season and, of course, going into October. So, yeah, um, not a lot of great things happened for the Twins in that game. Gar- Guardians avoid the sweep and relievers face the minimum in seventh, eighth, and ninth innings as uh, there's a weird pickoff play. Ryan Jeffers getting thrown out. Um, so, yeah, they didn't put up much of a fight, but Varlin was good. Cody Funderburk still looks like he could really, really carve out a role in this bullpen, which is exciting. Um, we'll take a quick look at the numbers from the series just to kind of get a feel for um, the domination that the Twins had. Now, I don't usually – like, I don't get that into, like, a team's OPS in a series, but the Twins hit 300 as a team, 397 on base, 564 slugging, so a 961 OPS in a series is incredible. Uh, 25 strikeouts in three games, believe it or not, so a little less than nine per game. An improvement for the Twins, 18 walks, though including Edward Julien taking five, goes hitless for the series, 0 for 8, but walks five times. So he still had a 385 on base percentage, which, as you might have also guessed, is also what his uh, OPS was. Uh, Max Kepler cools off. He goes 1 for 12. So we'll want to keep a close eye on that. But otherwise, um, Christian Vasquez with a nice little series, uh, two hits and a, a couple of walks. So he was on base the whole time he was playing. Otherwise, uh, Royce Lewis with five hits and 11 at-bats, four for nine for Willie Castro, four for 11. Jorge Polanco, three for 10 for Matt Walner. Uh, I'll be curious to see, you know, Walner had gone through kind of a lull, see if he's kind of turning things around a little bit. Uh, a little concerned about the downturn with Julien, but, you know, if he's not hitting, if he's at least taking walks, there's still plenty of value for him atop this order. Um also, Willie Castro, I think that's going to be actually like a shot to the arm for this team um, because I think the versatility and energy that he brings, uh, I'm not usually a huge believer in kind of that um, intangible stuff, but if there's a player that does that, it's Willie Castro. Uh, Twins pitchers combined to allow 11 earned in 26 innings for the series. That's a 3-8-1 ERA. Um not many strikeouts. Twins only 18 strikeouts in 26 innings because the Guardians are pesky like that. They just don't strike out. They don't homer. Um, that's just who the Guardians are. Uh, if we look at the Guardians' offense for the series, really the Twins got killed by Will Brennan. And if you want to call it killed, I guess that's probably not too bright. Um, but seven hits in the series, including a couple doubles. He hit 583. And then Andres Jimenez hit uh, four for 10 with a double otherwise pretty quiet series offensively for the guards, which uh, is not atypical, but if you want to get a feel for what that series looks like from a pitching standpoint, the guardians had a nine, six, seven ERA, a one, eight, nine whip. They allowed 2.33 homers per nine. And that to me just is a, is an absolutely, uh, incredible way of showing what in pitcher numbers that would look like to get um, just absolutely blasted over the course of a series. And again, it it still delights me that Giolito allowed more earned runs in fewer innings than Fry did. Um, Yeah. I just, I uh, (laughs) not really sure where you go from there. 
I know where we can go, though. We can uh, we can talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Boy, everything is kind of ramping up sports-wise. It makes me excited. I don't know about you, but we just saw the NFL kick off with a very exciting game between the Lions and the Chiefs. You can get ready for the NFL season if your team's still playing this weekend. You can find incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get a $200 bonus bet. $200 worth of bonus bets. Easy for me to say. Uh, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So $100 off watching your favorite team no matter the market, no matter the area of the country. And now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, we're coming down the home stretch here. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We will have a Twins rest of season checklist coming up for you before the weekend hits. Also before the weekend hits, hopefully the Twins will hit. It's the Twins and the Mets at Target Field on Friday, 7, 10 p.m. It's Dallas Keuchel and Kodai Senga. been promising you a Senga uh, statistical report, scouting report. There we go. Tip of my tongue. Uh, we'll, we'll deliver that for you. But you can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just make sure you search Twins. Now, we have the following pitching matchups. We've already said Senga and Keuchel in the Friday lid lifter. Uh, David Peterson will face Kenta Maeda on Saturday. And then Tyler, don't call me Trevor, McGill, will pitch on Pablo Day Sunday against Mr. Pablo Lopez. Um, so the Mets have... A lot of haves and have-nots about them this season. They have been exceptional at stealing bases and doing so efficiently. 89.5% of the time, it's MLB high. They've also been hit by 90 pitches, which is kind of funny because that's second in MLB. And I don't know. I mean, are these guys eminently hateable and or hittable? But that's pretty much where the positives end. You can steal on this team, 87.2% stolen base against rate. So they have the best stolen base rate and the worst stolen base stopping rate. They have the second lowest batting average on balls in play this year. So not a lot of batted ball luck. Uh, they're 27th in walks per nine at 383. So they'll put you on base. And um, the offense hitting 239, 24th in MLB. So if that number feels semi-familiar to you it's still worse than the twins at 242 twins fifth in run scored per game since the break so that number has crept up for them um offense obviously looking better down the stretch here uh so they the mets have been hitting the ball well so far in september granted we're we're a week into september a little past a week into september but so far um Brandon Nimmo is eight for 21, hitting 381 with a 1340 OPS. Pete Alonzo has three homers. Um, Nimmo has three. Uh, th those guys, uh, Francisco Alvarez, rookie catcher to watch out for. It's um, th Those are the guys on the offense to look out for. Uh, Mets with a 911 OPS through five games this month, and they're three and two with a 386 ERA and lots of strikeouts. So this is not 
going to be a pushover series, no matter what you think of the Mets or where you think they are. Um, so Kodai Senga coming off an absolutely masterful performance on the first at City Field against the Mariners last time out um, a week ago. He uh, he goes seven innings, 12 strikeouts. Phil Bickford comes in, gets the win, uh, Drew Smith the save. But outdueled Logan Gilbert, who for the Mariners is absolutely terrific as well. Um, the thing to watch with Senga, obviously twins haven't seen uh, a guy with this type of pitch mix often, if at all. Uh, and it's because of the fork ball. Nobody really throws the fork ball in today's game anymore. And he throws it a lot. And the reason he throws it a lot, pretty simple. Opposing hitters have hit 113 off the fork ball with a 135 slugging percentage. He struck out 96 batters with the fork ball. That's fifth most in MLB among pitchers using non-fastballs. So curveballs, change-ups, sliders, etc. His fork ball has 96 strikeouts and has allowed a 135 slugging percentage. Um, the fastball is a little more hittable, but still comes in strong, uh, comes in crisp at 95.7 miles per hour on average. But the fork ball has a whiff rate of 60.2%. Again, just off the charts type of stuff. So if uh, if he has the fork ball spinning the way he wants it, he is going to be borderline impossible. But again, 96 strikeouts on fork balls. Fork balls have allowed just 16 hits for him this year and no home runs. So nary a home run and, and near as I can tell, probably maybe a double. Um, so again, a, an absolutely nasty pitch for him that he's been able to put hitters away with. Um, David Peterson will get the second game and lefty, uh, not big time stuff, uh, lots of walks, strikeouts and homers. So he's kind of like that three true outcome pitcher, uh, lots of grounders, but if you get the ball in the air, it's going to leave the park. He's had terrible luck keeping the ball in the park on, uh, on batted balls in the air. So again, if the twins can elevate, they should be able to to celebrate also finally the series will end with tyler mcgill not trevor again to be confused with the former twins reliever who could hit the upper 90s with his fastball um mcgill a lot of walks a lot of homers but not as many strikeouts in fact the velo is not maybe what you'd expect and he's been excessively excessively hittable this year opponents have a 943 ops on his fastball coming in about 95 miles per hour on average. So extremely, extremely hittable. And uh, his fastball was decent before. It's been just dreadful now. Again, if the Twins are going to capitalize, it should be in these last two games. So if they can win game one, they have a chance for a sweep. If they lose game one, I think you still can feel pretty good about their chances of taking the series and, again, keeping pressure on the Guardians who are out west. Now, with that said, that is a wrap. That's all we've got for you for this edition of Locked On Twins. Thanks for hanging out. Make sure you follow at Locked On Twins and at Brandon underscore Warren on Twitter. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star review wherever you're listening or watching. If you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. Otherwise, this is Brandon Warren signing off and saying, don't forget to stop by later today when we have the Twins rest of the season checklist. This is Locked On Twins.